Okay, uh, sports fans, welcome back to another edition of the TMG Podcast. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, and uh, we're doing our uh, podcast on uh, on Wednesday this week to kind of take advantage of the uh, college football rankings that came out last night, so we, we don't have to speculate about them. We can talk about them, and we have all three of our cohorts uh, hooked up this week. No technical difficulties yet. We have uh, Herb Gould and Mark Blauchin and Tony Barnhart all on hand to discuss the uh, the big news yesterday, The uh, which was, you know, I guess um, wasn't that as controversial as I thought it was going to be uh, with the new ranking, and maybe we'll just uh, start... Um, uh, go around and, and, and get get the take. Let's start with Tony. Tony wrote a little bit about, you know, what, what the uh, first rankings mean. I, I know it's good for Nick Saban. He doesn't have to talk about rat poison anymore for another week. But, uh, Tony, give us your thoughts on the on the first ranking. Well, now, now all the rat poison goes to Georgia. I mean, that, yeah. that's the thing. All of a sudden, they're sitting there at number one. Uh, the... the I, the takeaway, guys, I had last night was the fact that the, you know, the committee has been sort of all over the place yeah. the first three years in terms of weighing, you know, it, it's it's the resume, it's the body of work versus the eye test. You know, the eye test is when the coaches go, oh, I don't care who they've beaten, I'm looking at this team, and I'm telling you that team is better than that team. This committee last night said, no, 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 it's 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 who you play and who you beat. That was the truth. That's why Georgia ended up getting the number one slot instead of Alabama, because because of Georgia's non-conference win over Notre Dame, which gets better and better and better each week, and Florida, uh, uh, Alabama's non-conference game, Florida State, which is supposed to be one of the great games of all time, you know, Florida State's in the ditch. So that's number one. Then number two, I was impressed. Because I thought the committee would absolutely put Ohio State ahead of Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma beat them on the field, and they did. I thought they positioned them in the. So I, I thought that sent a good message. Now we'll see how they do over the next <laughs> few weeks. But early on, it's, it's who you play and who you beat, which I think ultimately should be the what what decides these things. Yeah, I, I mean, as as a as someone, all of us who lived through the BCS for sixteen years, and I, and. And enjoyed it in a perverse sort of way, which I did greatly. This was hugely disappointing. It was because it was so. <laughs> it, it was it was it was hard to assail. Although I think I'm going to try to assail this uh, via the Big Ten and 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 Herb's conference because you know the, the you know the 24 hour loser, other than the Pac-12, which was never going to be in it anyway. The you know the 24 hour takeaway loser right for right now is the Big Ten. Um, which isn't in the top five, um, you know that can all change. But Herb, you're, are are you as impressed with this uh, unveiling as 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 we are? Well, I, I don't know. And I mean, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it. You know, the four, five, six slot is the one that you know I would quibble with. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Clemson apparently got the injury. You know, they lost at Syracuse. You know that that immediately puts Ohio State ahead of them in my mind. Uh, you know the Oklahoma Ohio State thing; those were games that that game was played. You know so long ago. You know if the committee wants to bet a dollar when Oklahoma and Ohio State play today, I will I will put my dollar on Ohio State, and, and I'm not real exercised about what they did with this one because I think that you know in the next month. 
that stuff will sort itself out. Uh, yeah. If this was the final ranking, I would say, well, you know, this makes no sense because, you know, Oklahoma, even though they won the head-to-head, -head, that was a long, long time ago, and Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, you know. So, you know, you, you know, you, we can play these games as much as we want, but you guys are right. that They're sort of giving us a roadmap of how they're going to do this, and yet I think that, you know, a month from now, it'll be a, a different, you know, deck of cards. Yeah. Jer Jersey guy, I mean, uh, what do you think? What's your beef? Well, I, I, I have breaking news. I did some hard investigative reporting at your behest, uh, Doof. And yeah. uh, one of the things we noticed was that one of the committee members, Steve Weberg, our, our longtime buddy who was a member of the committee, was right. not there uh, because oh. of an illness. And, and, and was we also heard they couldn't travel. And... So I immediately checked it out, and indeed, Weberg, Mr. Weberg had had some problems. He'd been in the hospital for four or five days, nothing serious, but with an intestinal problem. Um, but but he uh, but here's the key: in the previous three years, Steve Weberg was in our committee, and we had controversy. In the one year that he's not there, we can go smoothly. So I think there's a correlation there, guys. I think there's, there's a smoking gun, and, and we now know the reason why we have problems. Yeah. So I think we might have a problem because Steve is, is, was indeed healthy last night. He was fine. Uh, and he will be back at work uh, uh, next week, and, and we'll see what happens. I don't even. I you don't just, even, Yeah, I don't you even, just can't. You just can't put media guy. You can't trust yeah. media guy. Well, that, you know, that's it. That's it. You, know? you, you can put them on there, and you know what they're going to do once you once you put them in, in in that kind of position of power. I don't even want to know why he can't travel. But I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm it's, it's 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 no. That was that was a cost recommendation. I mean, we left about that. It was kind of dramatized by Heather Dinish. You know, and, and people got the wrong impression, but he, he's fine. And he said it was it was an issue that that, that is not. That, you know, he felt all right, all, even by Sunday. But the, the, the doctors told him not to travel, but he's fine. All right. Well, that's that's good. That's good news, and we'll see what you know what sort of chaos he can uh, he can reap. Well, there, there's correlation there, guys. I mean, that's. You know, <laughs> uh, well, I, I think you're right. From you know where he lives, it would only bolster Oklahoma's case. Maybe Oklahoma would have been poor if they had a time. Well, I think he's re responsible for the uh, ACC. I, I read and the uh, and in a group of five uh, teams. So uh, you know, uh, we'll see. Well, we hope we hope he gets back and muddles up the uh, the room again soon. Well. Guys, guys, here, here's a question I have. Uh, what, what, what if everybody went? It's not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen. But if everybody water went out, obviously Georgia and Alabama got to play. What would be the entertainment value if the Big Ten champion got left out for the second year? Oh my I, God. I'm just asking. What? How entertaining would that be? Um, you know, it, it's it, it would be uh, to to take that a little bit a step farther. What if what if Notre Dame and two SEC teams get in and three champions get left out? Um, but you're right, the Big the Big Ten not getting in. Uh, but the problem with that is that you have a potential Big Ten champion in Wisconsin with a with you know that could have a pretty you know a, a, a flimsy thirteen and zero resume relative to you know the other people that are in the discussion and her. But maybe maybe that's is that the biggest fear is that. Wisconsin gets through and not uh, not Ohio State. You know that that's a possibility, um, but I think that you know we could have the scenario of last year where 
You may recall Penn State won the league and, and Ohio State jumped. There's something about Ohio State's cachet. I, I, I would be shocked if there isn't a Big Ten team in the Final Four. Yeah. Just because of my, you know, my, I'm a fan of conspiracy theories, even though I don't know how to explain them. Well, I, I, I think that, you know, that would, that would be a problem if, if we, you know, potentially if Wisconsin's 13 and 0. Yeah. That's um, except for us Badgers, you know, um, the other part is that. Yeah. We should, the thing I look at, as you mentioned, you know, when we, we remember the days when there weren't even the best two teams matched up. And then we went to the best two, and everybody railed about it. I mean, my thing is, at this point, when you're talking about you're, you're arguably the fourth best team and you're left out, you know, don't lose the game. I mean, that, that's why I don't get as worked up about this like last year with Penn State. You know, I, I think that this will play itself out, and, and it could be that's a very real possibility to SECs and Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, and every, the rest of the country jockeying for that fourth slot. I actually just I thought about this, but if we were in, on the committee, three of you people would have to leave the room in this discussion, and I'd be the, <laughs> I'd be the only one in here talking. We have Wisconsin representative. We have three, three T, uh, TMG members who have conflicts of interest in this discussion. Miami with Mark Blauchin, Wisconsin with Herb, and, and Georgia with Tony. Thank God <laughs> Cal State Fullerton dropped football in 1995. And, and uh, I know, but we're going we're gonna to piggyback you into Stanford, you know, by marriage. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, that, that, you know, after that, after Stanford's last performance on Thursday night, I don't, I, I'm, you know, well, I'm all running for the hills after that one. But that was pretty ugly. Um, I think it's interesting to keep on the subject. Just about what we know, we got a good glimpse yesterday of what we have now versus all the years when the coaches and the uh, the writers helped decide this championship. And boy, do we get different readings on this on all the issues we're talking about. The, the writers and the coaches poll have Wisconsin at number four in the poll. Um, mm-hmm. they, they both have uh, 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 Ohio State ahead of Oklahoma, even though Ohio State won the head to head. And it just kind of goes to show you all those years when we were relying on on uh, on, on those two polls. Uh, yeah, the AP, uh, of course, pulled out after a while, and the Harris poll replaced it. But this is a little different deal, isn't it? And it, it, you know, is this? It, it, it just it, it just is is pretty uh, amazing. How they they contrast. Is there any reason for this? Well, I, th- I think it's pretty simple, guys. It, it's the fact that when we were all poll voters, and poll voters vote. Alone, they right. vote in a vacuum. Yep. That's one. You you vote one way when you're voting alone, but if you have to get in a room and defend your position, uh, and other people raise these issues, you you're you're open to more ideas. Oh, here's why it's a not a smart idea to have Wisconsin at five. They haven't played anybody, okay? And, and that's and that's how I think these things. Uh, that's why they ended up there. Uh, same thing with Miami. They're undefeated, but by the hair of their chinny chin chin. So I think it's the fact that you got thirteen people in a room arguing it out. Well, yeah, but I don't. I don't know that there's. I mean, there are parts to their the, the the playoff ranking that are better, and there there are parts to the that I like better in the top twenty five. I mean, I think it, the top twenty five is more of a reflection of what have you done lately. You know, the body of work thing is important, but. You know, I, I guess the place I always get to when I do rankings, if these two teams play tomorrow, 
who would win my time. And I think that, you know, there's, you know, the Wisconsin thing is, is a little inflated. But on the other hand, to have TCU ahead of Wisconsin, I, I mean, I don't know, you could... I could argue that one too. Well, the, yeah, the days, and we'll like get, we'll bring Jersey guy into this, but the days when you can do what Bill Snyder did for all those years, try to schedule schedule your way into a a playoff spot or a championship spot, and Art Bryles kind of openly said that you know you know dare you know, all those years where he, they didn't play anybody, it's like dare to keep us out when we're thirteen and zero or twelve and zero. Well, guess what? The, the committee can keep you out now if you don't schedule people. Jersey guy, come on, come on in in this. Well, right, but well, I agree with all you guys to a, to an extent. But the, the biggest thing that the committee has emphasized in the past in in the past several years, but going back to the BCS days, is you got to play people in non-conference games if you want to get some respect. Yeah. Um, and 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 Oklahoma certainly has heeded that in the Big Twelve. They've gone out and played people. Um, TCU has not. Uh, they, they they get penalized. Um, Wisconsin, you know, for whatever circumstances, is a Big Ten team, and, and that league is arguably, the, you know, the, the irony there is that people kind of regard is the Big Ten as the toughest, as the best conference in football right now. Yeah, for them, for them to be thirteen and zero with the best conference in football, and beating, which means they would have beaten the best division in football camp, presumably Ohio State, and then kept out seems seems like hypocritical on the committee's part. So there's a lot of, a lot of gray area there. But the, the basic the basic premise that the committee has used is, is and they haven't wavered on is you got to play people in non conference thing to get our respect. Yeah, but some but, yeah. Go ahead, Herb. I was just going to say. I mean, in in Wisconsin's defense, they played at BYU, and, and they can't know that BYU. You know, BYU was a pretty good team a year ago. Oh, it just so happens they weren't good this we year. Go, Chris, go in there, Chris. Washington Rutgers. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a case you know, that why. That's what. I think the other part is that that this stuff sort of snowballs. It, it builds, especially in the SEC and to an extent in the Big Ten, that we we kind of overseed those teams before anybody plays a game, and then as they get going, they stay in house. And and do we know? I mean, we know that Georgia and Alabama are really good football teams. We know Alabama's. We know they're really good football teams, but. Now we're making assumptions about the teams they're playing that they're, you know, we, we sort of tend to, you know, we give the SEC more credit sometimes than they deserve. And, and we do that with the Big Ten as well. And, and Blau made a good point. I mean, when Wisconsin's in that Western division and then you get the, the scheduling that, that lets them basically dodge, the only, the only Eastern team they're playing this year is Michigan, which is sort of a, a non-factor. You know, there are vagaries to all of this, and that's why I go back to the eye test. Well, that's the well, that's the problem with Wisconsin. They're they're, they're not going to win the Big Ten. They're going to win the Big Ten West, and they're going to play one game against a, t- a team that at Oklahoma played. Because Oklahoma's going to play as many as the, of the great teams in the Big Ten as Wisconsin. And so, I mean, that, that's part of the problem when you go into fourteen team division and, and split in divisions, you get these kind of misses that. Well, they're not. They're not. They're they're in the weaker division, and uh, and and they didn't have to go through the East like uh, Penn State and Michigan State do. So it isn't. It isn't. Well, happening. go ahead. It is. It is going to be a fascinating argument if Wisconsin is thirteen and zero, Alabama's thirteen and zero, Georgia's twelve and one, Notre Dame's eleven and one, Clemson is twelve and one, just having beaten Miami. Uh, Wisconsin beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. 
somebody has got to get left out because I, I could be wrong about this, guys, and tell me if I am. I don't see this committee leaving out a 13-0 and Big Ten champion. I just don't. <laughs> I, I can't envision that. Well, how Maybe they, they could. Well, how, yeah. They're, but, how, but they would have beaten Ohio State to get into the playoffs. But that's it. Okay? That, that's it. That means, we're, Tony, where are they now? And, and how are you going to justify moving them up you know, five or six spots based, uh, I guess, on one win over Ohio State? Uh, I guess that's what they're going to have to do because yeah. – uh, well, they'll they'll move up. They'll move up as a matter of course. Yeah. They won't be at nine when you get to that part, um, because you know Penn State is going to take some lumps, or Ohio State, you know, one or the other. They, they they've still got some games to play. A TCU, I, I has you know they, that that's the other part about this is that w- the questions they're going to face on the final uh, ballot are, are going to be a little different than what they are now. But I, I agree with Tony. I mean, I, I just don't see him leaving a big 10, 13 and 0 out unless it's for a 12 and uh, a 12 and one big 10. What about a 12 and one uh, Oklahoma? No, it's not going to happen. What? What's not I mean, going to happen? Uh, the, the big, I agree with Tony and her. I mean, the big 10 will trump 12 and 12 and one Oklahoma because they'll say, you lost a game, and Wisconsin didn't lose a game. That end the discussion. Uh, okay, but they beat they, they were beating the same team. One, I, they, I, I know, but 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 now we're talking the, we're talking semantics. Which and 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 her her brought up and it's a valid point. Her it'll be argued that that loss is early in the season, and as you pointed out, Duke, Urban Meyer's teams get progressively better as the season over. I mean, he took a team to the national championship game when after early season last couple of years ago. Uh, so all those fact factor in, and they'll say that the team that Wisconsin beat in Ohio State was was you know uh, wasn't was much better than the team that Oklahoma beat in September. So again and again, it's it's a loss. They'll go. You can't lose a game. Well, I'll say there's no way the Big Ten champion gets left out if it's Ohio State. That's you know <laughs> because you you, met, you mentioned the the magic of Urban Meyer. Urban's, yep. Urban's last, uh, let me say, his 2008 Florida team lost at home. Right. Lost to Ole Miss, the famous Tim Tebow speech. His 2014 Ohio State national title team lost at home early in the season. Virginia Tech, remember that? Season's over. Yep. This team loses at home early and now is back in, in, in prime position or in very good position to get back in the playoffs. So I guess the moral of the story is don't lose at home unless you're Urban Meyer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. And then the other, my favorite factoid of the year might be Urban Meyer has lost two bowl games in his career, uh, or three bowl games. And in the first two instances, he won the national championship the following year. And uh, we are now in the year after of his third bowl loss. So the trend is that he will win the national championship if if that continues. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, I, I think we've I, yeah I think we we've spent twenty three minutes on this. It's pretty good. We we kind of milked that subject, but it is uh, it is interesting. I I've got to get to a Tony, and I've got to get to the the Florida Jim McElwain situation, and just in general, SEC coaching changes. And what's what's going on in that league where they'll just uh, – we all thought it was Ed Orgeron was going to be the guy that was going to get canned. Uh, 
who else? Who else was on that list? But Brett Bielema, who still might. And then it turns out Butch being Jones. Butch Jones of Tennessee. It turns out to being you know surprise surprise. It was it was McIlwain in a very bizarre week. What's going to happen? What happened there, Tony? And what's going to happen at Florida? Well, first of all, remind you guys that the last time we did this podcast, I was sitting in a hotel room yeah. in Gainesville, Florida, getting ready to speak to the Gainesville Quarterback Club. Now, my expectation of that speech was people would be, you know, upset that the season wasn't going well. They'd be upset that the offense wasn't very good. I'm telling you, when I got there uh, during cocktail hour, I'm being pulled in the corners by people saying, this guy has got to go, and he's got to go now. And I'm going, whoa. And it, as it turned out, there had been this long this, there'd been this conflict, this rift going on between McElwain and the administration for well over a year, and the the death threat thing in his in his Monday presser was the last straw. And yeah. so, I, by the time I left, I, I, I went to go see McElwain. I went to go see Coach Spurrier on Wednesday, and left for Jacksonville on Thursday. And by the time I went to Jacksonville, I said, "This guy's in trouble. He is in trouble." And after I got to the stadium on Saturday, I was con- thoroughly convinced they were going to fire him on Sunday. It, it was uh, the most incredible thing I've ever been around. But it, it really came down to Scott Strickland, was, the athletic director, was telling the truth when he said it wasn't just about wins and losses. There was a lot more going on there. And so, you know, now, now Florida is looking for another coach. It's, and, yeah, it, uh, it's, it, it's going to be. It's going to be fascinating to see who they eventually hire. It, it seems- hey, Tony, let me ask on that subject. I, I thought I heard somebody when I was flipping the, the sports dial around saying that uh, Strickland is not that big of a fan of, of Mullen. It, do you know, is there? Is, well, Dan, there- Dan Mullen, yeah, Strickland, of course, was Dan Mullen's boss at Mississippi State. Didn't hire him. Greg Byrne, Greg Byrne hired Dan Mullen. Uh, but... He obviously ended up being Mullen's boss. And look, Dan, Dan's a good football coach, but he can be abrupt, okay? He can be <laughs> when, he, when he wants things to go his way. And so, uh, and Scott sort of referred to that in, in his presser uh, on Sunday. I just think, I just think if you think Mullen's the guy, you got to put that stuff behind you, okay? You got to, everybody's got to, everybody's got to uh, put, you know, and so it's, it's going to be fascinating. You know, names like Scott Frost at UCF have, have come up. Uh, Charlie Strong's name came up, and then uh, they got beat over the, uh, during the course of the week last week. Uh, but it's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting hire because the, the, the Gator, the Gator and, and the, think about this, the Gators sat there and looked at Georgia and said, oh, my God, Georgia has figured it out. Okay. Yep. They're only going to get. They're only going to get better. And so we now we've got. You know, we we went to two SEC championship games, and that's when Georgia wasn't very good, or it was so so. So it, it's going to be a really really interesting hire, Florida. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to believe that that that. Well, this is and one benefit of of firing a coach during the season, you can get the jump. Although Jimmy Sexton represents every coach in America, so he's exactly working, he's yeah. working for and against everyone. But if 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 Florida gets Scott Frost before and takes him away from Nebraska, how bad is that going to look in, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska? Uh, because they're sitting on Mike Riley and not, you know, where they're going to do the the responsible, prudent thing and wait till the end of the year before 
making this decision. I mean, that's going to look bad, isn't it? If he, if, if well, well, Scott Frost, Scott Frost could have gone other places, but he took the UCF job because of the recruiting territory and right. all that. If if he if, if he took the Florida job, it would be for the very same reason. Same it's a better job. Same. It's yeah. a lot better job. It's a lot better job than Nebraska. Yeah, except and he, so, he uh, didn't go. Except he didn't go to Florida. I mean, when mom, what about what yeah. happened? What happened to Mama calls when when Mama calls? What is that the, you know? Well, it depends on where Mama lives. <laughs> mama, li- mama lives. If mama lives in bad recruiting territory. Sorry, Mama, you're gonna have to move. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's and that's what happened. That's that's what happened with Urban Meyer too. When Notre Dame thought they were gonna get Urban Meyer. Yeah. And, 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 exactly. and so you're right, but that's going to look really bad for Nebraska. Um, well, what, what, whatever. Well, well, what it would be, Chris, is that Nebraska, it would be a yet another cold dose of reality. Yep. This ain't your father's Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. The world has changed, and Nebraska has not been able to change with it. Uh, you know, you, going to the Big Ten, going to the Big Ten has been a great financial move. But not a great competitive move. Yeah, uh, those are all good points. Jersey guy, you still there? You have any thoughts on the on the coacherama? Yeah, I, I do. And then Tony's got a good point there. With, 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 you know, with all that, and 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 if, but if it's not, I think it should be Dan Mullen for for a, a variety of reasons because he knows the SEC, and 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 I think his wife was is a Gator. I think uh, you know, and and all, and he worked there. So, but but the the name out there that when I talked to Tony about this earlier is. Chip Kelly. I mean, what is Chip Kelly going to surface again? I mean, people talk if UCLA opens up, he'd be back on the West Coast. Yeah. But Florida would certainly get people's. If he goes to Florida, that would certainly get people's attention in the SEC East and get Nick, Nick Saban's attention as well. Tony, uh, Tony, what, what is there a morality? Uh, is there a morality I, I clause? See any scenario, and I, these words, I'm sure, will come back to haunt me. But I, I do not see any scenario where Chip Kelly becomes the head football coach at the University. Of okay. Okay. Because, yeah, uh, first of all, and Blau, you and I talked about this. There is a new rule in the SEC that got passed last spring during the meetings in Destin. If you want to hire a coach, Bruce Pearl, mm-hmm. if, who has been involved in NCAA violations or has administered a program that was cited for NCAA violations, then you must come to Birmingham and make a presentation to the commissioner about why you want to hire this guy. Okay. Yeah. Now it's it's not it's not a show cause. He can't veto it can't veto your pick if that's what you want to do. But you gotta to go to Birmingham and make the case. And well I just I, I, I don't see listen, Florida's situation now, you know, they're coming off a situation where they got nine guys in pretrial intervention for credit card fraud. Okay. And the faculty is up in arms about that. The president's not real happy. The president, by the way, was incensed at uh, Jim McElwain's death threat thing last week and the way that played out. I just don't see the University of Florida saying, I know I know this guy broke the rules or his program broke the rules. And he had Willie Lyles hanging out in Texas. Uh, but this is the guy we really want. Uh, I don't see that. Well, okay. it'd be nice. It'd be nice if they screen their players a little bit better than they than their their coaches. They see excellent that point, Chris. Excellent point. They don't seem to mind, uh, you know, bringing in. Uh, uh, anyway, the riffraff. All right, all right. It, well, let's start to wrap this up. But it's November first. Is it okay 
now to talk about the Heisman Trophy, you know, and the race, or is there, a, is there, or do we have to wait till, no, till, till Thanksgiving? Uh, I keep hearing that you know it's too early to talk about it. I'll, and I just want to know from Herb how many weeks that Saquon Barkley can not rush for 100 yards and still be the leading Heisman Trophy candidate, and is this just a a product of the ESPN sound machine and and Kirk Herbstreit uh, getting on a guy? And, and ESPN and the, the power machine not get wanting to get off someone. Well, well, certainly the helps, and it also helps ninety-seven yards with opening kickoff, which he's done, you know, more than once. Um, you know, I don't. I that's why I like to wait a little bit. But I, you know, he's in it. But I, I think that JT Barrett's in it now, and and Baker Mayfield, um, and and a couple or three other guys. And, Bryce, uh, love your Stanford lad. Mm-hmm. If he can play this week, um, you know, I, th- when I say I don't like talking about it too early, I don't like making, you know, I don't like giving it out too early. You know, right. that, well, I agree. You know, we don't do that with the Cy Young Award. You know, we kind of wait until they actually, you know, do things on the field. Uh, but, you know, the Barkley thing is, is kind of a mixed bag. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. But uh, you're you're very right. He's had some very modest uh, rushings against some quality defenses, and and without you know a whole lot of blocking. You know, when do you you know when do you ignore the part about teammates, and when do you you know say it's an individual thing? Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is to that, but it is a hype driven award, and and it always has been. I mean, if you think about it, I mean. I covered Notre Dame in '87 when Tim Brown won as a receiver on a, a seven and four team. You know, I the now it's a different it's a different animal. It's 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 almost an MVP for if not the best team, one of the best teams. So the Barkley thing, you know, I don't know that he's a, the front runner at this point. Yeah, he might have slipped a little bit. There's other guys in it. I, I just well, Donald, and it's gonna it's gonna be for the next month. It's gonna be the TV award because what happens on on the, on the prime time games with those guys involved is gonna have uh, and it could come down. You talked about it. You talked about Doof is saying at the end of the year you got two Heisman guys that got up in love. I mean they they face off. The winner could be one takes all. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, here, here's a little stat, and this is more of like a precursor for next year. But the Arizona quarterback who did not start the season for Arizona. You know, they're, they're six and two. They had two early losses. Khalil Tate rushed for 840 yards in the month of October, 840. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Saquon uh, Barkley rushed for 227. Uh, 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 Khalil Tate is not going to win the Heisman trophy. No. Uh, part of the reason that, that he's on the PAC 12 channel four weeks in a row. But when you look at who's playing the best right now, I mean, this guy, people are saying this is Rich. That Rich Rodriguez has uh, has found his Pat White again, and this may be more of a story uh, for next year because Arizona is a very young team, but they do play USC this week. Uh, although it's like an eight eight o'clock game again, but uh, he'll have uh, if if uh, Tate goes nuts again against USC, uh, you know his profile will go up. But it just shows you that nobody was on this guy. And I just my no. only my only problem is it's fine if you like Barkley I liked him too he's great, but I don't know why these TV talking heads can't just get, just assess the situation as it stands and just because you mm-hmm. thought a guy if you just because you thought a guy was the 
was, you know, it's okay to get off someone and say, you know what, JT Barrett really played a, an incredible game. Uh, or, uh, or, you know what, Baker Mayfield really did beat Ohio State uh, in Columbus. And, and just assess the situation as you go along. These guys get fixated on people and don't want to admit they're wrong. And, I, you know, I just I, I don't understand that. But what, whatever. Well, the other the other guy we we neglected to mention is the Notre Dame running back, uh, yeah, Josh Adams. Absolutely, he's got, uh-huh. he's got some pretty amazing numbers, and he's got an amazing number of sixty and seventy yard runs. Um, and, and you know, I think we talked about this. I was talking to one of you the other day, uh, maybe it was Blau, and but um, you know that Stanford Notre Dame game, you're going to have two real good Heisman candidates going head to head, and. Stanford actually will uh, they'll get they'll get some airtime they'll get some visibility, which is uh, you know a positive for Love if he can keep it going till then. Yeah, I, I think Adams is set up the best because he's got more high profile gate right. He's got Miami. Yeah. He's got uh, who else they play? Uh, my uh, Navy. Uh, they got well, he's, got his own note. he's got NBC every week too. Right now he, so he, he's got he's got the, uh, the, the the stage, but. Really, last week was the first time anyone kind of really came out and said, "Hey, what about this guy?" You know, eight games or how many games into the season? So, well, you know, TMG has been uh, pointing you toward Notre Dame for weeks and weeks. I mean, I could see that. I mean, just coming, Tony and I saw that Georgia game, and and even though Notre Dame lost that game, you know, you could see that there was a lot going on there. And uh, as as the the weeks went on, it was pretty clear, and and this is clear that. This is this is actually a better Notre Dame team than the one that that got to the championship game in 2012. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. And don't and guys, don't forget if Baker Mayfield has a big game in in, in uh, Bedlam yeah. this weekend, he's he is still there because they've got a chance to he's got a chance to put up some big numbers at the stretch. And as as uh, Saquon Barkley has sort of faded a little bit, somebody's got to step up and. Mayfield is one of those guys that can do it. Yeah, he's got the highest quarterback rating. He's got the highest quarterback rating in the country by far. He's about twenty points over the next guy. And then, by the way, the next guy is Mason Rudolph. So yeah, you know, if he only had given a speech after his home loss to uh, you know, he could have been that you know, Tebow esque in, in, in his rebound. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, we should probably uh, move on out. But uh, yeah. We talked about last week being the, the watch-out weekend, and it, and it sort of was uh, three undefeated teams went down last uh, weekend. Anything, what's grabbing you on that other than Bedlam? Uh, we know the Bedlam game is being played. Um, anything else out there that's, uh, that's got your eye? Um, uh, I, I, I would simply say after Alabama was number two in the rankings this week, uh, the spread on the LSU game is 21 and a half. Take Alabama and lay the points. Okay? Well, you're going to have a chance to do that. You're, you're going to have a chance to do that, Tony, in your Friday picks. I want to see oh, you back Alabama. that up. I can, I can, I can give everybody an early preview right now. I am taking Alabama and laying the points. <laughs> I've been laying the points with Alabama all year, and that's that's a, that's a nice safe. I like that one, though, Tony. Uh, you know, in the Big Ten, uh, a pretty quiet week, so to speak. Uh, Penn State at Michigan State is, you know, maybe the headliner and, and really not. You know, it it's more a matter of does Penn State have a letdown and then really drop out of that whole right. 
playoff situation. Um, Blau, what are you what are you looking at? Hey, um, put, up, put up or shut up time for my Canes. Virginia Tech, first time. Yeah. Let's, let's let's go. Let's see what you got. Then you got North Dame. That, that's Blau, typical Miami alumnus. I said you seven zero, not happy. So, it, yeah. <laughs> I should have had you. We're, Talk alums, I'll, I'll throw another one in there. Badgers go to Indiana. Oh, oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. yeah, but but the thing is, they've been catching a lot of heat for you know not playing anybody, and they haven't you know they haven't lit up teams like Indiana. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, that that's really where I was going with this. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, their freshman running back, is a real good player. Uh, I know I'm not a big fan of freshmen for the Heisman, but he is a stud, and and I wouldn't be surprised if. If he went crazy down in Bloomington, and the Badgers uh, said, "Okay, take that, you people that are doubting our schedule." Yeah, don't forget another big game: Baylor and uh, Kansas. I think are playing Kansas, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there, there's, and there's the uh, there's the clown toot horn on that one. Um, uh, yeah, we also have uh, what else is out there? Clem- is Clemson Clemson's going to to NC State? I don't I don't know if that's going to be as big a game as I thought it might be. Um, uh, like 42 touchdowns, guys. I'm telling you, are you are, are, NC State's got NC State's getting seven and a half. Clemson's going to take care of business. There. Ooh, actually, listen, people have been sort of you know, because of the Syracuse loss where they lost their quarterback, people have been down on Clemson. People forget how dominant they were in September. And I'm just telling you, Clemson is, is going to fight their way back. Well, uh, didn't North, didn't NC State almost beat Clemson last year? I think they can't, missed uh, missed a chip shot field yeah. goal that would have beat them. That's yeah, right. I would have been more excited had, uh, but after I saw what Notre Dame did to NC State, I mean maybe Notre Dame's just that good, but Clemson uh, that was a nice bounce back for them, and I think they were re- rewarded by the committee, uh, which wanted to see whether uh, Kelly Bryant was okay, basically. Uh, and then and they got uh, put right back in their in, in a, into a playoff position, but um, and of course we have ignored the Pac-12, which is is fine by me. Although it must be noted that that Larry's league out here they have five teams ranked in the uh, in in the first playoff poll. I mean ranking, they're all between twelve and twenty-five. So uh, yeah, I, I guess you know, depth at the bottom of the order, but uh, not enough to make any noise. Uh, Anything else? We, we 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 can't talk about fight songs this week, Herb. But I wanted to spend well, an hour and a half I, on that. But actually, uh, one that we will. I'll just give you the short version. Uh, we should discuss this at some point. Lovey Smith called three straight timeouts at the end of the half against Wisconsin to ice the field goal kicker, who promptly <laughs> booted his fifty-two yarder. Good, good move. And then, and then in the second half, and I don't think this was a coincidence. The Wisconsin coach Paul Christ came up with a beautiful tackle eligible touchdown reception. Uh, you know, but what I was going to say is this whole business of icing the kicker with three straight timeouts. Like, yeah, I, I would like to see a rules change. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's sportsmanlike. I don't. It, it's it just there's no place for it in my mind. You know, whoever's doing it. Yeah, you know that that's it's a good point, especially in the uh, amateur ranks. But uh, we we couldn't get to the uh, your fight song story, uh, although it should be noted um, that Iowa Iowa's fight song was written by Meredith Wilson. Is that correct? It was. You are so correct. Meredith Wilson, the, the who wrote the Music Man, 
Music Man. Shaboopy, 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 and, uh, and a lot of other good songs. So the Big Ten, I think, uh, they also have uh, rodent-like uh, mascots. Uh, our friend uh, Andrew Bagnato said a, uh, one set of Big Ten mascots. How many of them, if you ran them over on the road, would you stop and, and see how they were? You know, and, and that's <laughs> Gopher, Badger, Hawkeye. Uh, he called it the you know the roadkill uh, the roadkill league. But, but we do have the best fight songs. You do have but... really you do have really good fight songs. Um, and uh, when I was in high school, I thought our high school had a, the greatest fight song of all time. And it was, I go, God, I wonder who wrote this for our school. And then I found out it was Nebraska's fight song, which happens a lot. You know, out here, we just rip, rip each other off. UCLA and Cal's fight song are the same. Um, does, does UC Irvine have a fight song, Doof? I'm sure they do. It's Zog, the anteater, uh, uh, you know, anteaters <laughs> arise. Anyway, we're getting way off subject here. All right, I think we're done. Uh, have a good week, and we'll be back here next. Back probably our, our, after our regular slot on Tuesday next week. Uh, until then, um, adios, everyone. See you later.